0: Hey, Jenna. Hey, Ian. How's it going? It's going all right. It's our our last episode. It's our
1: last episode.
0: It's been a journey.
1: It's been a journey. This is like my last, last episode.
0: Oh, we're going to miss you so much. I know.
1: I'm going to miss it too. Episode 20.
0: I can't believe we've done 20 episodes. That
1: is so many people to interview. So many new saints. That makes me, it makes me happy. So... Well, I guess we have an episode to get to. Oh, we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to the Campus Catholic, a podcast providing candid discussion on Catholic-Christian issues from a college perspective. I'm college student Jenna Ford, and I'm here with University Minister friar Bremer. Bremmer.
0: Shalom. We've
1: got lots to talk about today. Yes,
0: but before we do, Jenna, do you want to share with us our Saint Spotlight?
1: Yes. So... Today we are spotlighting St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Um, I think she's more of a familiar saint because she is the first American to be canonized as a saint. Um, There were people historically that came before her, like I think St. Kateri probably Mm. would be considered the first American saint, but she was Mm. the first American citizen to be canonized, Mm. not come in time historically. So, she is actually from New York, born in New York. She was alive from 1774 to 1821. And she has a really interesting story. You know, she married really young. She married at 19, and she had five mm. kids. Um, her husband did eventually die of tuberculosis and kind of left her a young widow. And at some point in her life, she ended up over in Italy with her husband. But after her husband died, she moved back to the United States. And she started the first women's religious order in the United States. Like, the oh, wow. very first... Women's Religious Order was started by this girl. And more power to you, sister. So (laughs) she started the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph, which I believe is still in the works today. And she just kind of lived a crazy life. Like, I could not imagine starting off of like, oh, you know, married, five kids, and then like, well, now I'm going to start my own religious order and be a sister. I mean, rock on with your bad self. But that is just such a crazy like, roller coaster to mm-hmm. be on, like, talk about, you know, like, almost having two lives, you know, like, you go, because married mm-hmm. life and religious life are so yeah. different, and she well, really, well, <laughs> similarities, you know what I mean, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah,
0: it is, yeah, there's a lot of differences. But, but
1: too, there, yeah. there are, like, just some major differences, and... Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine. Like I just feel like it would almost be like two lives. But she did amazing work. Um, she really kind of started Catholic education within the United States. And mm-hmm. I know she worked with those who were in poverty. And she just she really just did God's work. And one quote that she says that I thought was really good is, "He gives us ev He gives us every grace to be able to carry us through every obstacle." Um, so essentially, talking about. His grace and how that really can pull us through diversity and or diversity adversity and <laughs> obstacles and just things that we face. So she's really cool. So St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Pray for
0: us, yes. And um, so what made you kind of go with St. Elizabeth Ann Seton as our saint for today?
1: Well, today... We're talking about um, lots of different things. We're really talking about, you know, how can we grow and how can we move on and really how can we start new beginnings? And I Googled, good friend Google, who is the patron saint of new beginnings? And she was the first one that popped up. And I just think, you know, she lived this roller coaster life and in a good way, you know, Mm -hmm. But talk about, like, having to start new. Like, you know, mm. she started off, like, getting married and having five kids. And then she started an entire religious order and became mm-hmm. a devout religious. And I just could not imagine. Like, talk like talk about starting a new chapter. Like, that's yeah. almost like starting a new book, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So that's definitely why
0: I chose her today. Oh, very good. And
1: also, she started the first women's religious order. And I was <laughs> like, we love a, love a good girl power story, so...
0: I feel like I don't, we'll have to kind of go through our, our saint list, but I feel like we've featured more women's saints, um, than men's saints, which actually I kind of like, and to be honest, I think a lot of the women's saints are, their lives are more fascinating than a lot of the men's and so, uh, so anyway, I don't know, you know, somebody will have to go through and listen yeah. to all our podcasts to find out if we've done more women than men, but,
1: um, yeah. they just always seem like the women always seem to always have the most adversity in their lives and i Mm -hmm. think it's because of the time period and you know like Mm -hmm. not to go on like a catholic feminist like side note but like you know women of the time like most of our saints you know they lived during the 1700s during the 1800s and women were still kind of seen as lowly then Mm -hmm. and so they already had that adversity on top of you know becoming a religious Mm -hmm. like the first religious order didn't really come to fruition until close to the 1800s, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think because women just had like a point of adversity, they, an obstacle they already had to hop over. Mm -hmm. That makes their stories just that much more interesting and that much more room for God. Because I think Mm -hmm. in suffering, even though, you know, maybe minor suffering in terms of oppression, still suffering nonetheless, that's when we really encounter God. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why. And also, like I said, I love a good girl power. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: So uh so how does uh uh so what is our our theme for today?
1: We are talking about how have we grown and how do we move on? And who are we talking with, Friar Ian?
0: I think we're just talking with <laughs> each other, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just talking
1: <laughs> you're just talking to me. Um <laughs> so since this is our final episode, we kinda wanted to um, kind of end how we started. We also want to give a shout out to our co-host Maddie. Um, this is study week and finals week is approaching. So shout out to Maddie who could not join us tonight but we are thinking of her. Um, but we also just really wanted to kind of end how we started
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is kind of crazy to think that we've made it this far. Um, especially with our podcast. So, because it just it started out as like, oh well maybe we should do a podcast. and. <laughs> Here we are, which I'm sure we'll get into later. So, I guess with that, yeah. oh, let's get rocking and rolling.
0: So, what have you learned through our podcast? Uh, working as an intern? <laughs> yeah. In campus ministry?
1: What have I learned through all of this? So, a little backstory. Most of you who listen probably know, but I. I'm graduating, I think if you've listened, you've probably collected that. if you know me, you know, um, but I have been an office intern for three years. I've been in campus ministry for four years and I've been a podcaster for almost a year. Um, so I, I don't know. I've learned, I've learned a lot through the podcast. I think I've learned the power of a voice. I always knew a voice was powerful, but I love like we just had no berto on and I loved that. He was talking about, like, thank you for, like, letting me come on here and speak. Mm. Like, we just, you know, young people, it depends who you talk to, because some people are like, oh, the young people, they're like the voice of the church. They're like the voice of the world. And then other times people are like, oh, these young people, they're ruining our generation. You know what I mean? And I think we've really found a happy medium in this podcast of, like, we kind of come up with the issues and we invite them on and we're saying, you know, your voice does matter. Mm -hmm. You can make a difference in the world. And that's something that I always want to encourage people to do. And I just, Mm -hmm. I love, love, love that we can provide that platform. And I don't know, I really saw that in our last interview, I think for sure. Um, What I've learned through the rest of everything is that, I mean, you can never, you will never, you will never get an A plus, not to be a teacher, but you will never get an A plus. In faith, Like, that is just not a thing. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect grade in this grade book. Because, you know, I came into college thinking that, oh, you know, like, I'm Catholic. I think I'm a good Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I think I still am a good Catholic. But I didn't realize how much more I needed to grow. Mm -hmm. And I just, I learned that through my peers. I learned that through working here as an intern. I learned that through campus ministry events like and we're continuously growing like i'm mm. never going to reach a point where i can say i am the best catholic i can possibly be because i feel like i always have to strive towards that and i think everyone does i mm. would say like we're never gonna like no one's going to be perfect right and mm. that applies to faith and sometimes i think we're always looking to get to a good place but we also need to recognize like where we are is okay and growing is part of learning yeah. and part of loving and all the good things <laughs> so yeah what have you learned Friar Ian, through podcasting through working with college students oh yeah
0: oh gosh um you know i uh i feel like i've i've answered something similar on like maybe our last season's final episode um for thanksgiving um and and i definitely recall mentioning you know just um learning uh learning about students perspectives um and that's what I've appreciated so much from this podcast is like you hear, you hear, you know, to use a cliche, straight from the horse's mouth, you know, what young adults, young Catholics are thinking about uh, these these issues in our world and in our faith. Um, and, and also just in the three years that I've been in campus ministry, it's just been uh, a delight to um, work with, Uh, people who are energized about their faith and it kind of gives me energy um, and and enthusiasm because I tend to be kind of low energy. Um, (laughs) Even now, I think, you know, we're kind of like talking about like goodbyes and kind of sad things and a little bit of emotional things. And I personally, I'm just like, I'm not feeling emotional yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of need that. I need the, the, um, that, uh, that vibe from from other students, um, from other people, um, to kind of be able to to um, connect with it, um, because I don't really generate it a lot myself. Um, <laughs> and um, but you know, one of the things that I think might be a little different than a previous answer I might have given is um, young people are their expression of the faith of of closeness to God and of the church is definitely on a relational level Um, and the importance of relationships I'm also kind of borrowing from another podcast where I heard this from (laughs) Uh, I have to admit that Um, but I've witnessed it so I didn't just hear it on a podcast I've witnessed it myself that yes the relationships are so important um, for for young Catholics young adults Um, and um and also one of the things that I've learned and it's kind of been a challenge for me personally um I I got to experience this I heard this quote in college um when I was taking a class in pastoral care and our professor said you know what nobody's gonna care what you know until they know that you care um and I thought oh that's a really good line it always stuck with me but I've really witnessed it um working with college students because you know and anybody that you're going to work with in ministry um they need to know that you care um and i've really i've uh definitely encountered that reality in working with the uh, college students here so, yeah people need to know that you care
1: <laughs> yes i think the world would be a better place if people just cared a little more for sure
0: So do I, I know I asked the last question, but should I ask the next one? <laughs> ask the next question. Kinda... <laughs> um, so as a graduate. Um, <laughs> that's me. What advice uh, would you give to, to graduates? College okay. graduates. I
1: would give yeah. lots of advice. Sometimes I would like to think that I'm a little bit of a fortune cookie. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but um, I think. Like the first thing that really comes to my mind, and I don't know if this is just from like teaching high schoolers or what, but you have to find something that you're passionate about and you have to stick with it. We've been writing research papers and I'm like, you could have a lot easier of a time writing about something if it's something you're passionate about, if it's something you know about. But I think that really applies to, you know, continuing, con- t- continuing on from where we are right now, you know, like, you can't be in things for the money, you can't be in them for the hype, you can't be in them for the status, because if you don't care about it, if you're not passionate about it, mm-hmm. there's gonna be really no fulfillment. So I think the advice I would give is, you know, find something you're passionate about, invite God into it, and run with it, because you know, God gives us so many things, he gives us our emotions, he gives us our feelings, and he gives us passion for things, and so if you are feeling passionate about something, that itself I think is a gift from God, so I would say find what you're passionate about stick to what you're passionate about you can change what you're passionate about like if you aren't into what you are now then find what else you're passionate about and just run with it because that passion will shine through whatever you do for sure mm-hmm. that's my advice <laughs> that's what advice? good advice well thank you what advice would you give friarian
0: Ooh, that's a good question um I feel like it's a very broad question. Yeah, it is. Um, And I guess there's a lot of different ways we can kind of go with this, like, you know, advice for kind of spiritual, like where you are spiritually, advice for where you are career-wise, whatnot. One of the things that kind of popped into my mind um, just now is um, kind of looking back (laughs) um, when I was in my early 20s, um, gosh, like when I graduated high school and then when I graduated college, Um, you know, you're, you're 19 and then you're, what, 23, 24, something like that when you graduate college. Um, and at that age, you just kind of feel like you know a lot and, uh, you're kind of a little bit tired of, uh, being told what to do and being schooled in, you know, literally and also like metaphorically or figuratively. Um, but, uh, uh and so like you and you feel like you know yourself really really well and uh, and that you're you're older and mature and everything um and i'm not trying to say that you know college graduates aren't mature people um or that they don't know a lot or um that they that they are um not ready for the world or anything like that because i definitely do believe that they are um but just kind of just know like hey you got a lot of life ahead. <laughs> and if you need to make a change down the road, uh even though you've you know, you got your college degree, um, don't be afraid to make that change. You know, like Elizabeth Ann Seton. I mean, well, obviously her husband died, so like the change kinda came to her, but um But you I know. mean she could have just
1: remarried and yeah, you know stuck to yeah. it, but
0: you know, so um I think that's you know, it's a uh, I, I don't mean this as a put down in, in any way. Um, I'm really proud of, of our college graduates and, everybody, and everything that you guys have accomplished. Um, just know like, hey, you got a lot of life ahead. So don't feel like you have to make every single decision for your life now um, because
1: you got time. Um, that's definitely something that I have realized. You know, you think <laughs> like once you graduate college, like, oh, well, that's it, you know, but that is just not true. <laughs> Because, you know, you think, oh, well, I'm going to get this degree, and then I'm just going to have my job, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, just young adults are just a lot younger than I think they actually are, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you, feel like you feel like you're feel like you an adult, but I think reality is, like, you have so much time ahead of you, like mm-hmm. you said. And I think it's so easy to be like, well, I, I checked all my boxes, so now I'm just kind of a sitting duck, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think we just continue to grow and we change, you know. Yeah. We're not we're not stagnant people by any means.
0: Yeah. So also it might just be because I live with older people and so I'm I'm 32, but I still feel so so very young because I'm like oh, I live with people who are like in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Um <laughs> so it's like oh yeah, I'm I'm young. I got time. There is so So yeah, that's That's the perspective I'm coming from, so I don't mean to come off as condescending, but you know, you're in your early 20s, honeys, don't worry about it, you guys got time.
1: My mom told me the other day, she's like, just don't close any of your doors, and I'm like, that's good advice. (laughs) Don't close your doors because, I mean, we just have have all this time ahead of us, so. (laughs) So Friar Ian, how do you think, so like we, you work with college students, I am a college student, And I feel like there's just a lot of growth that happens during college, whether that's spiritual, whether that's emotional, whether that's just maturity in general, whether it's academic. Like, there's just a lot. It's just a growing period. Like, I would almost argue that college, or at least young adulthood, is one of the biggest times of growth because, you know, you're making your own decisions for Mm -hmm. some of the first times in your life. So how do you think you can continue to grow with what you've gained? Or like, how do you think college students can continue to grow with what they've gained while they're at college and kind of, you know, not live in the past, but just kind of always remember what they experienced and how they can carry that with them?
0: Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, Yeah, I think you learn a lot of really good skills in college, Um, some adulting skills. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and some of them are are gonna be a bit of a wake up call like uh after college you know but um the ones that you that you experienced in college were probably a bit of a wake up call since high school so you know um but um yeah, take those skills um those decision making skills uh discernment skills um the um and and the friendships that you've made. Like, you know, keep those, um, keep those lines of contact and communication open. Um, and, you know, just know that like, All right, this is a really good question. <laughs> I kind of stumbling a little bit through it. Um, but uh, yeah, be open, you know, be open to continue to grow that like your growth doesn't stop. In college, um, and uh, obviously you learned a lot of information. You know, depending on your degree, whatever that was in, um, and maybe you took some classes where it's like, "Well, I'm never going to use this again." You know, but you kind of had to learn some of the the, the discipline to uh, put the work into it. You know, um, and and I'll admit, you know, I was in college like I did a lot of like, "Oh well, just." study really late, write this paper last minute, da, 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 um, don't take those habits with you out into the world, (laughs) um, but also, you know, um, um, yeah, I feel like in college you kind of gain a sense of self, uh, and a sense of community, I hope, and I think those are important things to, to grow with, um, and to, um, Yeah, kind of put into, um, put into practice into you know whatever you're going into. Is there some really vague answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you got something better. What do you? Uh, how do you can? How do you think you you know people can continue to grow with uh, what they've gained?
1: I think reflection. Mm-hmm. I think reflection is really important. I think reflecting. With gratitude and reflecting with humility are two very important Mm -hmm. things. You know, we have to be able to look back and see, okay, what am I grateful for? And then we have to be able to look back and see, okay, where have I grown? Where have I improved? Because like we've stated previously, you know, we're we're not perfect beings. So there's always gonna be room for growth. Mm -hmm. We're always gonna screw up and I think being able to recognize that and also being able to recognize what gifts and talents we have and what we've been given, I think reflection is something that's vital to caring with you like what you've learned and how you've grown mm-hmm. because with reflection comes recognizing flaws and also positive qualities in yourself which mm. are two things you need to learn you know you're gonna screw up because mm. if you don't screw up you're not gonna learn which yes. is a lesson that i have learned recently mm-hmm. so
0: oh. it's okay to to learn from making mistakes
1: it's one of the hardest ways to learn, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's talk about humility. That's yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what can we do to invite Jesus into these new beginnings?
1: I have a single word for this answer. Ooh, too time. Are you ready? Prayer. prayer. I think <laughs> prayer is the answer to almost all of our problems. Obviously, not all of them, because you know we need to pray, but we also need to act. Um, act through prayer and prayer through action but I think that is the number one way we can invite Jesus into new beginnings because if we don't trust Jesus and we don't trust God like how can we trust ourselves you know mm-hmm. um, and so I think praying you know saying like this is a new chapter I don't really know what to expect Um, but I know that you're with me and I know that you are good and that makes everything okay and I think we can also recognize that Jesus had some new beginnings, yeah, you know the disciples had new beginnings, lots of people in the Bible had new beginnings, new beginnings isn't a new thing, uh, so I definitely think reaching out in prayer is very important, and also, I think trusting yourself, I think ties into inviting Jesus into new beginnings. I read somewhere or someone told me that you know if we want to trust god we have to trust ourselves because god trusts and trusts us to give us the trust if that makes sense like god mm-hmm. yeah. god gives us our trust and mm-hmm. so he's trusting us to trust ourselves to make the right decisions i think <laughs> and it's very complicated but yeah. i think that really ties into inviting jesus in is praying trusting god and trusting yourself mm-hmm. definitely what well, about you, Friarian? How do we invite Jesus into new beginnings? I think you would definitely see this as a friar because, because you kind of you know you have new jobs and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Sometimes you move, so I feel like you've had a lot of new beginnings.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of a a, a rolling stone and an aimless wanderer a little bit, because <laughs> um, I I move around a lot um, and I I always kind of like starting something new. I'm just like oh you know I just. Enjoy change. I'm like, ah, oh, I just got a new place, new environment. You know, um, anyway. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, inviting God into that, um, I think is, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, in a way, I kind of just enter in things a little blindly. I'm just like, well, I'm just hope for the best. It's gonna be, gonna be what's gonna be. Um. Which, you know, maybe I should take a little bit more of an intentional approach than laissez-faire about it. But, um, uh, you know, you mentioned something about, like, Jesus experienced, you know, change. And and I thought about the resurrection, and I thought about um, the disciples in that moment. You know, everything that they went through in, uh, you know, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You know, they were huddled in that room and, you know, afraid and... Uh, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them and then they, you know, they left the room and they proclaimed the word and um, and went forth out into the world. And um, I feel like, you know, for college graduates um, and, or for college students who are just experiencing something new, you know, um, there's a little bit of that, you know. There's There's kind of the comfort of, the dorm or the college campus or you know the classes or the not having to work a 40-hour week at a job to pay the bills but rather you know working a part-time job and doing your classes and stuff or however you're kind of making your your ends meet and, and everything um, is going to change um, and uh, and just because it's different uh, just because The the experience, uh, like the way the disciples experienced Christ was different after the resurrection didn't mean that Christ was any less with them. In fact, he was um, very much present in them, right? Um, But that that experience was different pre and post-resurrection. And so uh, with that, um, I think just remembering and asking know Jesus to be with you and praying like, you know what, I know my experience is different um, and but you are no less with me now than you were before um, and I think, you know, especially for our college students, our listeners um, who have been part of campus ministries, active in um, parishes um, some of those struck. obviously a parish will always be around, there's always parishes but you know, you're not going to have the support structure of a campus ministry, and so um, you know maybe you might need to find a young adult ministry or just find ways to get more involved in your uh, your parish, your local parish, um, and again keep those lines of communication open with your your friends of faith from college um, because you're going to need those support structures. Um, you might feel a little bit on your own. Um, or a little lost you might be having to find some new friends if you move to a new city um, or a new college campus if you're doing graduate work and so yeah uh, and one more thing on this is um, don't be surprised if you might start feeling some spiritual dryness um, because you know your experience of God in the church was different in college um, and you don't have those, you don't have the university parish, you don't have the campus ministry, you know? Um, and, uh, and but don't feel like God's abandoned you. Don't feel like, oh, well, since I'm not feeling the same way that I did in college, that I'm not uh, doing enough, or I'm not a good enough person or God's just doesn't care about me like I thought he did or something like that. Um, you know they, they expect some spiritual dryness and just know that like um it's in those those kind of desert moments that like this is where you need to kind of enter more deeply into the mystery of uh of the silent god of of jesus on the cross of um of a spirituality of being alone, but not being lonely and kind of, you know, growing as an adult in your faith because we're not always going to get the warm and fuzzies um, in our adult life, just in the secular world Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we did when we were kids. Um, And it's kind of the same in our spiritual life. And so don't think of it as a negative thing. Don't think of it as, oh, I'm not a good enough Christian. God's not near to me. God's very much near. But the, the feelings will be different, perhaps. That, that was good. a long tangent. No,
1: that was good. <laughs> I saw some, like, deep friarian come out. Your eyes were closed. When, like, when friarian talks about scripture, look, you have that look. That was good. That was good. So, I think we should ask our final question.
0: Which, our final one? Not like our final, final oh. one.
1: But like our second to last final one. Um, how should we say goodbye? Or how can we say goodbye? Or goodbyes just suck, like straight up. How, how should we say goodbye?
0: That's a, that's a good question. I don't really know if I'm the best to answer it. Because uh, I already said at the beginning of the podcast, like, I, I'm not overly emotional or... Um, to, many things some things yes um and so i don't think goodbyes really hit me until like they're gone um and i've said this before i'm like oh i tend to bury my head in the sand you know (laughs) just like oh they're not really leaving um (laughs) uh this isn't really the last time and i you know and maybe that's it's not good to bury your head in the sand but in a way maybe it's like oh well like the optimism of like i don't think this will really be the last time you know Um, Might be, might be kind of a nice approach in a way, Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, so. That's just how I go about it personally. But if I were to like give some advice for, um, you know, maybe a little bit more emotionally involved, uh, uh, yeah, maybe I think it's a little cliche, but I think I heard somewhere cliches are true. (laughs) <laughs> they are they are you know that like uh this isn't goodbye it's more of like i'll see you later like i will i will see you eventually you know um and uh you know and yeah that there's no real i mean once connections are made honestly like those connections are still there you know um so yeah I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question, but, uh, hmm. what
1: about you, Jenna? I think I have a completely different opposite perspective from you because I'm probably a little overly emotional. <laughs> like, who? I've only cried a couple times, like, in the last week or two, <laughs> um, just because there are, like, less than two weeks than graduation, and, like, I've just met some of the most amazing people here at college, and, like, I really just have found, like, Someone used the term marigolds, like, you know, the people that you kind of stick with and that you go through in life and that really help you through things. And I don't Wait, know.
0: Before you go on. Yes. Can you explain why that's they're called marigolds? I really
1: don't know. Oh, I'm okay. thinking because, like, it's, like, this bright little orange flower and they're always together and... Oh,
0: okay. I don't know.
1: I just thought it was a sweet sentiment of, like, finding your marigolds. I think I heard it at school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know... I I don't know, I struggle with goodbyes, but here's what I think. I think that, you know, when you're saying goodbye, I think suppressing the emotions is not always a good way to do it. I just think, I don't know, I think we're given feelings for a reason, and you know, our feelings, they have to be felt or we're gonna like, explode, I don't know. Um, but I think just honestly, just feeling how you feel, like your emotions are, are always worthy of God, but also recognizing, like, the gratitude in mm. that. I think I think you need a balance. I think you need, like, oh, like, this is kind of sad, and, like, wow, that was amazing, you mm. know? I think that balance is a good way to say goodbye. That doesn't, I don't know if it makes it any easier, but, I don't know, when one door closes, another one opens, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. talking hiring a lot of metaphors today. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a way to say goodbye i don't i don't really know if anybody has any good answers
0: hamilton does
1: hamilton does <laughs> teach me how to say goodbye <laughs> oh that's so good so good uh, well i guess we'll go to our final final question <laughs> friar ian where have you seen god this week
0: um i was- was telling you earlier that you're, you might laugh at me about this. <laughs> um, okay. I really love the Oscars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and this year's Oscars is um, a real surprise at the end, uh, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, I don't know what that's happened. for the newspapers. I really thought Chadwick uh, Osman was going to win and it went to Anthony Hopkins and I was like, what? That's what? Um, so, Anyway, you could read about that in the papers oh, okay. or see about the comments on that on, online, but this has nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> Just Fryerian's Oscar commentary. Oh, I could write an editorial because <laughs> um, this Oscars was something else. But um, one of the things that I, I really picked up on, they had a whole um, presentation, uh, you know, how like the... the um, the awards are presented and so one of the presenters presented the entire award in sign language oh, wow. um, and, and of course obviously there was an interpreter um, and then there was another award that was presented entirely in Korean and again there was um, an interpreter uh, translator and uh, those two things and a few other things um, that kind of happened uh, but those two things especially stuck out to me um, and I was like I'm really glad that they're doing this um because i think this uh opens up viewers to like hey like you know what we're not you know humanity is not english centric um humanity is not able centric or mm. i don't really know what the terms yeah. i'm looking for yeah. um but it gets us out of our heads and it's like hey like there are um you know sometimes we have a you know an anglo saxon centric world view here in the united states um and uh and other uh things and it's just it just i I was just glad about that and it just made me realize like you know what the world's big and there's a lot of people in this world and uh and it ties into God because it's like this is this is how god made us like you know we're we're one human family and i just kind of saw like kind of this one human family and kind of those two instances there
1: lovely
0: so jenna it's the last time (laughs) i'm going to ask you on our podcast no where have you seen god this week
1: where have i seen i saw god today um so so there's just a lot of things ending for me this week and it makes me kind of sad um this is my last week teaching. I've been teaching high school, so I'll stop teaching the day this comes out on Friday. Friday will be my last day. And my they call them host teachers so that the licensed teacher that essentially hosts you in their classroom. She's super sweet and she got me like like a, a teacher present, like that's something that sometimes teachers do for their student teachers. And she's like, "Oh, I really want you to open the card before you leave." And I opened it and she was like, I wanted to give you a medal of Mother Theodore Guerin because she's the patron saint of teachers. And I don't know, I just, I overthink so much. And I just kind of worried, like, I feel like it was like an end of college crisis of like, did I choose the right profession? Like I just spent four years (laughs) studying to do this. And this is something I've always wanted to do since I was eight years old, but there are so many other things I'd love to do too. But today kind of felt like... I don't know. I Sometimes I have days where I feel like I'm a good teacher. And today was one of those days. And then also, like, she showed me that, you know, mm-hmm. saints were teachers. And I don't, just the possible... Like, I can do more things than just teach. But I'm also doing so many things by teaching. And I just, I just thought it was a really sweet sentiment. And I don't know. I think God was just kind of like, you're okay, Jenna. Like, just relax. It's okay. So... Um that is where I saw God this week. Today. On Thursday. No, today's Wednesday. On Wednesday. <laughs> uh so yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think you're gonna be a great teacher. Um and Me I've enjoyed too. hearing this hearing, you know, your your delight about teaching. Um and also just at sometimes the the funny uh, frustrations which is just like I think that's natural for every teacher um, and and good and healthy and uh, you really do just seem to fit in that position
1: thank you I've definitely grown so much I've done things I didn't really know I was capable of which is something that I don't know, I've kind of gotten to know myself a little bit more through this. I've had to become a little bit more confrontational, not confrontational, and maybe just a little sassy, you know. Um, And I think it's just good to kind of do that. But, yeah. So, I guess this is it for Irene. This is our final episode. Uh, I remember when we were on our Zoom call and we're like, you're like, "Haha, we should just have a podcast." And I'm like, "Yes, we should have a podcast." And we did it. And we have two seasons, 20 episodes, beautiful stories, beautiful saints. <sighs> My heart is full.
0: So. It has been good. It's been it's been a good journey. It's been actually one of the things that like uh one of the things I could be most proud of this year cuz this year has been just a difficult year. Um and it's like, "You know what? Like I, sometimes I'm like, did I do enough? Did we did we do enough? Did we, you know? And I'm like, you know what? We've had some really good conversations, and I we've agree. um, yeah, I got to share faith and and spread the good news and yeah, learn from each other. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Yeah,
1: but this is not over because season three will hopefully be coming back yes. in hope August. So. Yes. Fingers crossed. We do want to give a special shout out though to everyone who helped us this season especially all of those guests we had on all of our listeners and all of our supporters but really those who came onto the podcast and shared
0: their story so who do we want
1: to thank for Irene
0: yes absolutely we want to thank uh, Maddie Devon um, our new uh, co-host this season um, and Jacob Engel and Brayden Hogue Mary I'm sorry, Miranda, Miranda Perkins, uh, Noberto, Sarah Anderson, Joseph Light, Maria Smith, John McGlone, and Evan Lamar.
1: Yes, so thank you so much um, to everyone who has been on the podcast throughout this whole year, both first season and second season. Thank you for all our listeners. Um, thank you for St. Joseph University Parish for hosting our campus ministry and also the campus ministry for hosting the podcast. <laughs> uh, this has truly been one of, my favorite things that I've done I think through campus (laughs) ministry something I also am very very proud of and I just hope and pray that stories were able to be told through this and that young people were really truly able to make a difference not just feel like they were making a difference but put their voice out there and spread the good news and spread just how we can just make this world a better place Mm -hmm.
0: so we'll have you back on again (sighs) as a guest
1: I know, but that feels so far away. <laughs> and yeah, I just I just hope and pray that all of our listeners out there just continue to seek God, continue to love others, and just know that He is with you wherever you go. And with that take it away, Friar Ian?
0: Yes, and as we end every episode and ending our final one for the season, peace and all good things.